If you were to enroll in an MBA from any of the top business schools around the world, one of the very first things you are going to experience in that program is a challenge. Who are you and what is it that you think you know? Then, through an interesting and often quite difficult process, you are stripped of various parts of this identity, including any ego that might get in the way of your learning and growth. We're going to do something similar during this podcast series, albeit more gently. Over the course of these conversations, we're going to challenge your mindset as an entrepreneur. Do you have a high internal locus of control? Are you sufficiently prepared to iterate? How resilient are you really? And we'll even challenge with surprising results notions like entrepreneurs being born versus being made. We're starting right now, and today we're beginning with something fundamental. Confidence is a function of positive feedback loops. I'm confident he will do well in that because I've seen him do that many times before. But self-esteem is a function of no feedback loop often. And perhaps it's in a different context. So it might be there's a different feedback loop in a different context, but the context that you're in right now doesn't apply. So if you drop me into any business right now, which I know nothing about, and I've got a very strong view that I will succeed in that because I would take, even though I know nothing about that industry, I will follow a certain process in order to understand it. I will apply certain logical frameworks, which I've used in a different context, and then apply it in this environment and be conscious enough to be able to alter that as I learn how that one context is not the same as the other. And so my self-esteem is about my relationship with me in a context. My confidence, I'm just trying to apply to your, your definition, is my confidence is my relationship with the context, not with me, with the context, and say, yeah, I'm confident with riding a bike because I've ridden a bike the whole time, but I'm not confident to surf because I've never surfed before. But my self-esteem says to me that I'm not confident on the surfboard, but I don't mind falling 15 times and getting up because I'll push through and eventually I will stand and then become confident. The definition Alon is referring to is a definition of confidence I learned early on in my career. I learned very quickly that confidence in any areas of life and business is a simple act of trusting in processes that yield desired outcomes. And as Alon shared, when it comes to riding a bike, surfing or running a business successfully, there is always a process one leans on. Those that are more successful than others are those that have more effective processes they apply. This was further reinforced as I sat with a very senior executive in one of the top banks in South Africa. They shared, without me having introduced the topic, that throughout their career, especially when moving into roles with additional responsibilities and expectations, they would experience a crisis of confidence. I asked what that meant, and they would go on to essentially explain that confidence is trusting in processes that yield results. But why are Alon and I talking about confidence? And why is Alon going even further and deeper and speaking about self-esteem? Well, our conversation actually has its origins in the question, are entrepreneurs born or made? When I speak about entrepreneurship around the world, there is always somebody that asks me, are entrepreneurs born or are they made? And there is always somebody that asks the question, what is an entrepreneur? What are the characteristics? And I resist the 
it to talk about characteristics of entrepreneurs. Because when you look at what they call the psychological typology of an entrepreneur, you read these fancy psychological books, and right at the end of these tomes, hidden in the last couple of paragraphs, is a couple of sentences which tell you that there is no such thing as an entrepreneur from a characteristic point of view. What that means is that if you have a set of characteristics, let's say 10, you cannot put an equal sign and then afterwards say entrepreneur. You can't say that if you are A, B, C, D, E, etc., therefore you are. These are just probabilities. And why I resist talking about these in, in this way is because very often what happens is entrepreneurs who do not resemble these characteristics in some form or another say, oh, well, I'm not that, and therefore causes them not to pursue entrepreneurship where it's not true. So entrepreneurs come from wealthy backgrounds and poor backgrounds, extroverts and introverts. They are tall and short. They are good at finance and bad at finance. When we talk about these, this is a function of probability. So as RaceCorp, when we look at entrepreneurs, we look at it in a holistic way and only look at these characteristics that we will talk about and how to test for them in the context of probability and not as a de facto you are or aren't. I would argue that characteristics and confidences are quite similar in that like confidences can be learned, many characteristics can be imitated or emulated, or in other words, folded into one's identity. Either way, Alon's position to view them less as must-haves and more as markers is a boon to all of us that don't quite feel like we fit the mold. He adds, When somebody applies to Corp, we will look at 27 characteristics. And even within those, it's not binary. It's not do they exist or don't exist. So as an example, on one of the characteristics, which is internal locus of control, we've got a scale of 0 to 20, and our sweet spot is 12 to 16. 20 is bad and 0 is bad. So it's not that more is better. There is certain sweet spots. So within all these, our view, and, and this is just our view, is that there are certain binary elements or characteristics that do or don't exist and then there is also the notion of a continuum and where you fit in a continuum. What we've heard so far is that entrepreneurial confidence can be developed. We've also heard that after years and years of working very closely with entrepreneurs while helping them scale their businesses, Alon is saying they come in all shapes and sizes and that no one entrepreneur is going to be exactly or do exactly the same as another. So you can throw all of those books out. But why do some entrepreneurs reach the heights they do? And what do these successful entrepreneurs then have in common? Alon is adamant their success is a result of a particular mindset they have nurtured. His mindset formula is the focus of this first set of podcasts. The formula is made up of a combination of six elements, and the remainder of this conversation will deal with the first. So perseverance, I think, is one of the more obvious characteristics that you look for in entrepreneurs. But if you first have to understand the context. If you look at the concept of nascency in entrepreneurship, in other words, the, the place where you've come up with the idea in the shower, and then you, you know by the time you've left the shower, you've given up on the idea. But if you then persevere through and then tell your husband or wife about the idea, and they say, that's a really crappy idea, and, and you, it dies there, 
and then perhaps you persevere further and then you go to work and you tell one of your work colleagues about this great idea that you have and they tell you how crappy the idea is and then you persevere through that and then you might even go and uh, put an MVP, a minimum viable product together and, and go out and try and get an investor to, to invest in the idea and they tell you it's a crappy idea. And then perhaps you persevere further and then you bootstrap it and go to market and then the client tells you it's a crappy idea. And these are all various stages of rejection that you push through. So perseverance is very often a function of the, the level of rejection that you uh, have to push through. But it's also a function of overcoming the voices in your head which are, are very prominent in startup entrepreneurs. I'm not good enough. What happened? The imposter syndrome. What happens if they find out? And the veneer of success that you put out there and then, you know, back at the ranch, you're nowhere near as successful as, as you say you are or have portrayed you are. And sort of living with the dissonance of that is incredibly difficult to push through. And then when you go to market and you wait and wait for, clients to give you that order and the money is running out and all your friends seem to be more successful than you and they're always buying the latest shiny car and moving into the most beautiful homes in the most beautiful suburbs while you are just smiling there and just dying inside and then all the offers from what I call the sirens you know those people who say come and work here come you must come work here come work for me on your journey these are all points of resistance that you have to overcome and persevere through and then some entrepreneurs myself included get to a point where you there is it's almost like uh, I try and explain this like um breaking the bar the sound barrier where you on the other side, there's this, this absolute silence where you have reached the bottom, the deep, deep bottom, and it's like a silent place. And in fact, it's quite an empowering, beautiful place to be because after that, there is only one place to go, and that's back up. But you have to be in that, and it gives you a tremendous amount of power to push through. Have you experienced your friends, life partner, colleagues, a potential investor, or the market telling you your product or service is not going to work? Do you remember times those around you were seemingly rising while it felt like you were going nowhere? Perhaps you're even in that position right now. Or have you experienced this breakthrough moment Alon is referring to? Just recently, an entrepreneur that really did look like they had the world at their feet confided in me sharing the pressures and resulting stresses they are under. The journey is tough. Perseverance is required. What's important is the fact that in perseverance, there are two things that need to be in play. The one is a very clear where you want to be. And I, I, I'm resisting calling it vision, but it's very clear where I want to be. And the other side is how I get there is flexible. And that comes from a function of being able to ask yourself all sorts of different questions. And then in that are certain compromises that you need to undertake deliberately to get to where you want. But if you don't learn, i.e. take in the information, process it, see what applies to you and apply that in your product or service, you don't become a successful entrepreneur. So any entrepreneur listening to this right now. If you've been in that business at least six months, the product or service that you designed six months ago and what you have today is different. I'm not a magician. I don't know you, but it, you cannot be in existence if you haven't done that. 
So that ability to learn is important. But here's the hell. The hell is which one do you listen to? Am I a pioneer and they don't understand me? Or do they actually understand and uh, I, I need to listen? And to navigate that is the hell of this journey, is to try and find that tightrope to walk on. And that, unfortunately for every entrepreneur, is a very lonely path and something that you have to navigate yourself. And your path is very different to my path. The truth about that balance is different for one entrepreneur to the other. But I can say this, if you don't balance it, in other words, if you just listen to yourself only, you'll fall off. And if you just listen to other people, you will fall off. And that's the hell tightrope that you have to go through. Okay, so being clear about where one is going, but flexible with the how. I also so appreciate the clear, concise way Alon tells us that we are going to be going through a hell. It's beginning to become clearer and clearer why some entrepreneurs are investable and others aren't. It's at this point our conversation comes full circle. All of what we've been discussing relies on something massively important. The other important thing is where your self-esteem sits in this. And to me, successful entrepreneurs in the long term have the capability to build self-esteem. So perseverance is a function of self-esteem growth capability. It's not necessarily a function of your self-esteem at the time. Is that self-esteem evolving and growing? So it's about a trajectory of self-esteem. So often when I see entrepreneurs who are downtrodden and beaten their their self-esteem is so low but it's going lower or it's going nowhere i would not back an entrepreneur because i don't think they'd have the capability to persevere they would just be in the state of just submission the whole time you're right you're right where somebody who's got a a self-esteem and a sense of self where they are capable of identifying where they begin and end what's right and wrong for them and what's important for them where are they sit as the the center of their universe together with the client they are more backable they will persevere so for me the notion of fake it until you make it is upended by this discussion in fake it until you make it you definitely do pick up ingredients necessary elements and processes but are reliant on chance to have these form in a way that offers full value and utility. What is on offer here is an opportunity for conscious development. And so self-esteem is the substrate on which perseverance is built. Self-esteem is the fertilizer for perseverance. It's what nourishes perseverance. It's what gives perseverance the ability to live in very stark environments where feedback is negative, where rejection is around every corner, yet underneath, in the roots, there is still nourishment to push through. I really like conversations where I'm offered a roadmap for development. Perseverance grows out of self-esteem. Self-esteem is one's relationship with oneself. And this relationship can be bolstered by using correct and trustworthy processes to develop desired confidences, which in turn bolsters self-esteem and perseverance. I think the the place where perseverance is most highlighted is pioneers, where people who are born in a, in a in an environment where the past is truth, and a pioneer comes into the environment and says, "Well, that's not true anymore, or was never true. There was a false positive or some other." insight they might have had and then they have to then go 
into an environment with not one, but thousands of naysayers who all are sitting in an authoritative position. And our history is peppered with these individuals who've had to push through. The sad thing about pioneers is often pioneers die, not necessarily biologically, but economically die, and are seen retrospectively to be geniuses. And what they've done is effectively brought in a new zeitgeist, a new way of thinking into an environment. And it is the settlers, the ones that came, come afterwards uh, into an environment where the pioneers already pre-educated in an environment and, and brought in a new notion of possibility that the settlers come in and then they are the ones that make the money in, in economic terms. And even if you want to go a little deeper, it's even the fact that pioneers today, people like Musk, are perceived not to be crazy people, but actually put on a pedestal. That's also a function of a societal change that hundreds of other pioneers had to create in order for our modern-day pioneers to get the rock star status that they have. And we see this also in environments where, critically speaking, companies such as Uber and multiple other organizations where they've got high valuations but no profit is also a function of people saying, well, this guy will make it happen. There's no economic truth to it. There's only a belief that the trend line will eventually break through. And Bezos was one of those people who for years and years lived below the the break-even line before he finally popped up and, and justified himself to all his uh, naysayers. And so he creates a context, well, maybe this guy is just like Bezos and we don't want to be the naysayer. That is also a, a, there were many pioneers who had to create the context, the environmental context for people to even believe that because a hundred years ago, they would have said, this doesn't work. doesn't make economic sense. It's over. Boom. Crazy guy. And moved on to the next. What I'm hearing is that perseverance can even be more than personal. It can even be cultural. And it is, and it is cultural. So if you look at the research around entrepreneurship, you'll see that minorities are generally more successful just around the world, no matter what the minority is. And that's a function of two things. One, it's about cohesion. And and number two, it's a function of so much rejection in broader society. And as a result, they become tolerant to rejection and become far more resilient and able to persevere in contexts where the majority were just were just basically crumbled because they don't have, let's call it perseverance fitness. During this conversation, Alon has stressed how we are all on our own journeys. And so each of us is going to be taking something a little different away from this podcast. For me, it's a formula. In many ways, this is how I live my life, a series of formula or processes that are strung together. For you, depending on your journey and where you're at, you may get hope. Perhaps it's some form of motivation, or perhaps it's a confirmation. And that's what both Alon and myself are hoping you take away from these podcasts. Here's a final word from Alon. I'm often asked the question, when should I give up? When should I not persevere? And all entrepreneurs certainly will go through it at some point in their journey. And I have a very simple answer to that. And that is for as long as you can't ask different questions, 
And for as long as you don't get different answers, that's the time to give up. If you can ask different questions and are getting different answers, you keep going, you keep persevering. And there is a way to teach yourself to ask different questions because every different type of question opens up a new vista, uh, a new window of possibility into the future. And great entrepreneurs know how to do that really, really well. So learn how to ask yourself weird and wonderful questions. The easiest way to stay updated with these podcasts is to go to your favorite podcast platform and search for Razor's Edge. What is the edge this name refers to? Alon has spent the last two decades incubating over 13,000 entrepreneurial businesses. As a result, his exposure to thousands of entrepreneurial journeys, as well as his own, has resulted in an unmatched depth of experience in this field. Hopefully this conversation and those that are going to follow in this series and others are no sugar-coated odes to entrepreneurs, true expressions of the entrepreneurial journey, warts and all. Today we've discussed perseverance, its roots, and how one might develop it. There are five more Blue Heart characteristics to share. Make sure you subscribe. You don't want to miss these insights. My name is Gareth Armstrong, and this has been a Blue Heart series podcast on Razor's Edge.